This is the time that we all been waiting on. The moment all the naysayers been hating on. See, they've been talking down on us and flexing. It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan. A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up. But not the boys on Kirby, so you can pack it up. Reliant Stadium is where you can find us with the whole city of Houston, Texas standing behind us. See, we've been waiting on this one for 10 years. Sacrificing our bodies with blood, sweat, and tears. All right, welcome to Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast about your Houston Texans. It is John Wade, the Garnet Texan. I am by myself this week. Young Ari Gold is unfortunately out with an injury. Well, we are almost there. We're almost to draft day. Who else is excited? I am extremely excited. I love draft day. I geek out over this. I watch a lot of college football. So being able to watch the draft... See where everybody goes. It's also, the draft is competitive. You get to see how front offices think. It's crazy. Some of these teams, like the Jaguars, the Jaguars had a top five pick for, what, since 2008? I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. You get that many picks in the front first round. Kind of shows how important having a smart front office is. Of course, they've been able to load up on talent, and now they're good. But still, it just goes back to my point. They weren't picking for that long with, you know, geniuses running the team. So you kind of get a feel for how smart your your front office is, and this year that is a big, big question. We have no idea what Brian Gaines going to do. I have my theories, um, but honestly, we don't know. This is his first year running a draft. He's the big man. He's in charge now. We know that Bill O'Brien's probably going to have more impact, more input into the draft than he has previously, but as for a fact, we just don't know. Well, I am excited. I'm excited to find out, excited to see what's going to happen. I'm going to share a couple of my theories here tonight with you on what I think he's going to do. First and foremost, we really didn't change over a lot of our football staff. So we have a lot of the same scouts that work for Rick Smith, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. We really didn't struggle to find quality players. What we did is we struggled to keep those quality players and Maybe we just didn't self-scout. Maybe we just constantly were just trying to shortchange them on their second contracts. But it was kind of an ongoing trend. I think that kind of came to a head recently, and that's part of the reason why Rick Smith was allowed to to retire. He wasn't fired. We got to remember that. So they didn't hate everything he was doing. They didn't hate how he set up the franchise. They didn't hate how he set up the office. But maybe... There were some issues with how he negotiated. So we're going to see if we continue to draft that way. Hopefully we do a little bit better in the mid-rounds. It seems the past couple of years we have. Um, it seems we've been focusing on players with both measurables and production. Granted, we don't always know what those measurables are. Talk about Deshaun Watson. Our His biggest knock last year was that he was too small to play quarterback in the NFL. And he didn't have the arm strength. However, when Bill O'Brien talked about him, he he constantly brought up his hand size after he was drafted. I thought that was funny. But it's one of those things. It's something that they had locked on to. Another thing that was brought up was with um, Julian Davenport. They constantly brought up his the length of his arms. He had great length. Even think back to Hard Knocks, part of the original reason that Happy Socks Charles James didn't make the team is he didn't have great length. So those are kind of some hints on what they look at. It's not necessarily 
the frame of the player, but they're looking for certain measurables, certain specific things, I believe. Again, not sure. It's just a guess. So we'll kind of see how this plays out this year. Are they going to continue to do similar type things where they look for players that have a trait or two that kind of stands out, a trait or two that they kind of usually look for and then draft them. Another thing that will be interesting to watch this year is we're already at 75, 75 roster spots. Uh, they've already got 75 players signed. Then we're going to add another eight through draft, which leaves seven spots for undrafted free agents. Typically, we bring in closer to 15 to 20. That is a big, big difference. I do think that is kind of telling about Gaines' philosophy. I don't think he's going to rely on undrafted free agents as much as Rick Smith did, but I could be wrong. Right now, it also puts us in a great position to trade. We don't need as many draft picks as we have. And then next year, we have quite a few extra draft picks as well. We have the extra second rounder. So two drafts in a row where we have more than the average amount of picks, that means we have capital to use and trade up. Uh, Mark Vandermeer talked about earlier today, or earlier this week, where all three of our draft picks, if we traded them, that would move us up to the fourth pick in the second round. So that is something to think about. I think there are certain players that we would possibly be aggressive and go out and get. But again, we'll have to wait and see. Nobody can really predict how the draft goes. I think that most most GMs, front offices, go in there with a big board, and they wait and see what happens before they decide to get aggressive. And I have to give Rick Smith all the credit in the world for the past couple of years because he has not let the draft happen to him. He has gone out and got players that he, he wanted. He went out and got Deshaun Watson last year. I mean, it took another first round. It's the reason we don't have our, our, our first round pick this year. It's why we don't have the fourth pick in the draft this year. But anybody that's still complaining that it's not worth it, it definitely was. Now, I don't know if Brian Gaines is going to have that same sort of mentality. Is he going to be one of the more traditional GMs that sits back, lets the draft happen to them, especially after it seemed like it took us forever before Rick Smith got to that point where he was actually being aggressive and going, being proactive in the draft. So again, it'll be very, very interesting to see. I am excited to see. I think we're going to learn a lot the next couple of days. And then what exactly are we looking for in the draft? It's an interesting year. Um, the draft has a lot of depth, but it has a lot of players that are project players, especially in the third round. There are probably... Uh, the Colts GM Ballard said that outside the quarterbacks, there was eight elite players. And then after that, there's a whole bunch of players that are qu quite the same. I've seen some draft analysts say that the top 100 are all going to be quality players. Of course, not all of them, but, you know, the vast majority. But we'll see. I mean, and then I've also seen some uh, draft analysts say that this year is a very mediocre draft. Everybody's high on quarterbacks this year. Everybody's high on running backs this year. There's not a lot of there's a lot of cornerbacks as well. Not a lot of tight ends. Not a lot of offensive linemen. There are interior guards. There's not a lot of um, there's almost no receivers. I don't think I will be very very surprised if any receiver comes out of this draft and just blows the league away. We're not going to get a Julio Jones type player. 
out of this draft, but we, we're going to get Saquon Barkley, who may end up being one of the top running backs for years. So again, it's going to be an interesting draft. We're excited. Anybody that knows exactly what's going to happen is is line. Is if they didn't, then you wouldn't have players like Anton- Antonio Brown come out of nowhere. You wouldn't have players. You Heck, Deshaun Watson would have been the first overall pick last year. Carson Wentz would have probably gone before Jared Goff. And there's no way Cleveland would have made those trades. Again, people don't know. You don't know until these guys actually play games. With that in mind, what I think the whom I think the Texans will target this year will most likely be helping the secondary, helping the offensive line, running back. Believe it or not, I strongly believe that we're going to go after a running back probably sooner than we think. They're going to look at tight ends. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't draft a single tight end, even though there's obviously a need on our roster for one. And wide receiver, they're going to look at wide receivers. If the right player falls, I think they'll take them. And we'll probably take a backup quarterback. So in summary, what I think our roster needs are right now is we do need a third offensive weapon. Um, Most successful offenses have three ways of moving the ball. Right now, we have Deshaun Watson and two excellent receivers. Uh, Of course, DeAndre Hopkins, who is all-world everything. And then Will Fuller, when paired with Deshaun Watson, is a top-flight receiver. Now, behind them, what do we have? Lamar Miller is a below-average running back. Steven Anderson has potential. Uh, Year three is usually the breakout year for tight end, but we don't really know what he is. Ryan Griffin, we know what he is. He's a league-average replacement move tight end. Bruce Ellington has potential. He dominates, uh, what is it, reception from perception from Matthew Harmon, but he can't stay healthy. He's always hurt, and it breaks my heart because, you know, he's a South Carolina boy. I've watched him since he played basketball, so I wish he could put it together, but you really can't count on that. Braxton Miller has flashed. I personally think that he'd be better moved to running back. He's just, he's not really getting it as a receiver, but he is electric with the ball in his hands. Just take out the throwing part. Let him play um, kind of a scat back, receiving running back type position. Tyler Irvin is probably, I mean, Tyler Irvin was actually a beast in college. He would probably be a, he could, he had, I don't, I I really don't know what to say with him because now he's hurt. He tore his patella and that's usually a pretty serious injury. It takes two years to get over. Just look at Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham has not been the same player. Granted, Tyler Irving is much younger, but Tyler Irving replied on that burst. That's That was his entire game without burst and agility. He's, he's undersized to do anything else. I mean, he can catch, but you want a slow, short receiver? Again, I hope he gets better. I, get a ho- I hope he gets back to the player he was, but you just don't know. And then Dante Foreman. Dante Foreman also flashed, but... In today's NFL, it's kind of order of priority. Can you catch the ball? Can you block? I'm sorry. Can you block? Then can you catch the ball? Then can you run the ball? That's kind of how they judge running back starters. If all you can do is run the ball, which which for the most part, that's what Dante Foreman looked like he could do. He's an excellent runner. Then you're a marginal NFL player. You can't be out there every down. Now, he was a rookie. He had room for improvement. And then he tears his Achilles. Of course, he tears his Achilles on the run of the year. Because, you know, that's Texans luck. But it happened. Now he couldn't put any weight on that on that leg for, I believe, three months. I'm not a doctor. So I don't know how he, how his recovery is going to be. 
but that's why I think we need another running back. We need some. We need something else. Doesn't necessarily have to be running back, but that's kind of why I'm leaning towards running back. We need a third option of moving the ball. We don't have that right now. Unless you count the third option as Deshaun Watson's legs, and I would rather not because I would rather Deshaun Watson survive the season because our other two ways of moving the ball, Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins, rely heavily on having a healthy Deshaun Watson. And then we also need more ways to generate pressure on the quarterback. It is a passing league, and we saw last year what happened when two of our three pass rushers got hurt. We only have three pass rushers, J.D., J.J., and Merciless. Without them, we really don't. All right, I would say our next best pass rusher would be DJ Reader, who's a nose tackle, followed by um, followed by McKinney, and followed by Kareem Jackson. I mean, if we're relying on Benadric McKinney and Kareem Jackson cause pressure on a quarterback, we're in for some trouble. Unfortunately, this year is also a weak, weak, weak year for edge rushers. So in order for us to find another pass rusher it'll have to be from a more unique so i've tried to keep that in mind with with my um i don't want to say projections but with the players that i kind of like and whom i kind of looked up and did my research on all right so just in quick summary we need a third offensive a third option on the offense we need more ways of creating pressure and most importantly we need to protect deshaun this year the o-line especially in the third round, they're all developmental players. I've said this before. I'll say it again right now. They're all probably on the on par with what Julian da- Davenport is. There's a reason why we're going to go in with him projected at the start. We really shouldn't go into the draft expecting to find a starter. If we do, if we get lucky, that is awesome. We will be all over the moon happy. We'll all feel a lot better, but I just, I don't, I just don't see it, and it's not something that we can count on. However, I'm going to start with the offensive line because I think that is where we will be most aggressive. There are some beastly, beastly interior linemen. Um, I don't think we're going to go after them. If we do, it'll probably be somebody like Isaiah Wynn, whom we would have to move up for. He's a tackle out of Georgia, but he's projecting with short arms. And it sounds like with our tackles, what they like is the longer arm guys that have at least a 34 and a half inch um, arms, arm length, which kind of puts us with like Orlando Brown and Colton Miller. And those are the two that kind of have the more buzz. And if they fall far enough, I could see us being aggressive and going after them. Again, I don't know if Gain is going to be aggressive or not. So we might want to see if one of them falls to us. Another guy I like that has those same sort of traits that we really haven't talked about at all, and I don't want to waste y'all's time with players that we have talked about at length, is Jaron Christian. He is a player that is be- he's he's from Louisville. He gave up some pretty ugly Ole plays. Um, it's a good thing that Lamar Jackson can kind of move around. But this is a guy that has great athleticism, great length. Um, he compares very, very, very much to Dwayne Brown in college. Um, same sort of... They're in the same sort of situation. Great athletically, but not quite ready to play in the NFL. So I could see him as being kind of like a fallback guy if we don't land one of the players we like. Everybody knows what's going on with Orlando Mil- or Orlando Brown. He is a player that has had a lot of production. We talked about him last week. 
but he just completely bombed when it came around athletically. And then if you watch the tape, he does have slow feet, but he does have this great ability of, you know, just putting his arms out and stopping a play, stopping rushers. So that arm length is just, it's priceless. Like it really does cover up for his athletic system. So it wouldn't surprise me if he falls, we go after him. And then next up, the secondary. Everybody is talking about the secondary. Um, it looks like we're going to play more of a two-shell with our safeties. Um, both Hal and Matthew, they can both cover and they can both play free. Essentially, the difference between playing a free safety and playing a strong safety is will they cover the tight ends or cover the side with the tight ends or will they be more of the last line of defense? Both players can do that. I don't see either one of them hesitating to tackle a running back or even a bigger tight end. And they both are have shown signs in the past of being enough of a ball hawk to play a true free. Hall has flashed at times. He had He's had a couple of great seasons. He's had a couple of great moments. Um, but he needs to get kind of back to where he was. Matthew, it's all about health. If he's healthy, we're going to be in great shape. But I can also see us kind of picking up another safety to kind of follow that mold of player, which would mean either Justin Reed or Marnie, or Monty Watts or Deshaun Elliott. Justin Reed, he's a more flexible clone of his brother. He has the capability of both playing both strong and free. Um, he's not quite the player that Eric is, but he does have a lot of potential. Armani Watts, he's a risky free safety. I think when he was at AM his freshman year, he was amazing. I don't really know what happened to him. He kind of looks lost sometimes out on the field. I don't know if that's AM coaching. It might be. Or if it's just him just adapting to more experience or offenses just figuring out a way a way to pick on him. I still think that he has a lot of potential, and I think he would be an interesting player to go after. And then Deshaun Elliott out of Texas, a lot of there's been a lot of hype around him. Um, I believe he did go to the uh, Texans um, Pro Day. Um, I think it's also that I live in Austin, so I hear about him all the time. He's another one that projects as a quality free safety. Um, he's, again, a project. Third round and later, they're most likely going to be a project. And we've also shown that we like to go after local players. Y'all, I'm not going to lie. Doing this by myself is really, really hard. I got to remember to breathe. Oh, my gosh. Sorry about that. Um, kind of, you know, forgot to breathe, I guess. I don't know. I ran out of steam. But do like both those players. Another one that we've um, kind of looked at is Crookshanks out of Arizona. I don't know too much about him. Didn't really look at any of his tape. Or read up on all that much, but I did see that he did take a visit with the Texans. There's a couple of cornerbacks that I I keep hearing about whenever I, I read, do the mock drafts. Um, of course, is Young Ari Gold's number one crush is Isaiah Oliver. He is a lengthy corner, uh, physical corner. Um, he's a better version of Tristan Decoud. Um I believe a young Ari likes him because he looks like he could be the next. He could be the next Richard Sherman, Seattle Seahawks type corner. Other ones that get talked to us or get mocked to us quite a bit is Duke Dawson. 
Not entirely sure why. He is an excellent zone corner, so maybe that's it, and we play a lot of zone. But he plays predominantly in the slot. So we'll see. Um, I I don't know. I don't I don't think he's a great fit. I think that's just kind of people going down the list of, oh, he's the best cornerback left on the board, so he'll go to the Texans. One that I really, really like that has been mocked to us by a couple of players or a couple of people um, is Perry Nickerson. Perry Nickerson compares very, very favorably to J.R. Alexander. Um, he plays at a small school. He plays at Tulane. So we're probably more familiar with him than other parts of the country. I would love it if he fell to the Texans and we would probably be able to get him in the uh, well, we don't we could probably get him in the one of the later rounds. We wouldn't have to use a third round pick on him. But he ran a 4-3. He's very fast. He can play zone. Uh, he is undersized, but, I mean, that's not the end of the world. We all wanted Malcolm Butler, and he is very undersized. Next up, again, running backs. We we need another running back. I, I hate to say it. I am a huge fan of both Dante Foreman and Tyler Irvin. But here it is, like I said earlier, you just, they don't, these sorts of injuries you just can't come back from. I mean, there's no guarantee that you will come back from. They could, I'm not a doctor, but I don't think this upcoming season will be the year that they do. So I've got kind of two trains of thoughts on it. I have two running backs that I really, really like that could potentially fall to us. One would have to be a little bit more aggressive to go get. The other one should definitely. First off is Rashad Penny. The great thing about Rashad Penny, or Rashad Penny, if he falls to us, first off, he is PFF's second highest rated running back coming into the draft. That kind of shocked me. I've got to look more <laughs> into that, how they figure that out. There's a lot of good running backs in this draft. But, yeah, they've ranked him second. Um, most drafts have him going anywhere, or most mocks have him going anywhere from the late first to the late second. So it should be in the range that we could move up and go get him if he's available. I like him. He compares to Melvin Gordon. He's one of those kind of not great at anything, but above average at everything type backs. You could put him in. We can use him as a grinder. So if Foreman comes back, he would be a good. They can essentially rotate. We don't run either one into the ground. People would hate it for fantasy, but it is what it is. Um, I'd rather win football games than win people fantasy leagues, even though I play a lot of fantasy. Then... If Foreman doesn't come back uh, and Tyler Irvin comes back, he can be our bell cow and then Tyler Irvin can be our our passing down back, our change of pace back. And then for this upcoming year, we would be able to allow Lamar Miller to go, hey, lose some weight, get back to that playing weight that you were in Miami, get back to being the explosive change of pace running back instead of trying to use you as an everyday um, plotter. We would have that flexibility. And then, yes, paying $5 million for a change of pace back is not ideal, but we do it for one season, and then we let Lamar walk. I mean, Lamar Miller is still a fantastic catching. He's still fantastic at catching the ball. I think he's got the longest streak going out of any running back, out of not dropping a pass. And then we watched, if you watch game after game after game, he was a great, great pass protector. He was easily our best pass protecting running back. So... Again, you don't like paying $5 million to an average running, a below-average running back. Keeping them around for one more year this year when we don't have better options. And then pairing them with somebody like Rashad Perry would be, in my ideal, would be an ideal situation for me. 
the next running back that I truly like that will be more likely is Ido Smith. Ido Smith is a Shane Vereen clone. Shane Vereen was one of my all-time favorite players, and he's part of the reason why I was excited that we brought in Bill O'Brien. He Just every single time that I watched the Patriots game, Vereen would do something, and it seemed like he was underused. They were able to spin him out as a wide receiver, use him as a slot receiver, use him as a running back. He was a little bit undersized. He went over to New York and continued to have a little bit of success, but now he's kind of getting beat up. Ito Smith is essentially a Shane Vereen clone. He hasn't had the exact production that Vereen did because Vereen, I believe, went to Cal, or Ito Smith is a Southern Miss player. But he did play for Bill O'Brien at the Senior Bowl. We got a real good look at him. He can run routes. He's productive. He, the only thing that he did not test well at athletically was agility, which is very, very, very surprising, especially if you watch him play because he does have the ability to make people miss. But I think that he would be a very good addition. He would be that player that if we don't think that Tyler Irvin can get back, he would be able to, to, to take his role. And it would also be a good compliment for Dante Foreman if it looks like Dante Foreman will be able to come back. And then for this upcoming year, Lamar Miller, we continue to use him exactly how we have been. You just throw in Edo Smith every now and then as a change of pace. Next up would be tight ends. Do I really? We need have a need for a tight end. We really do. Steven Anderson has a lot of potential, and hopefully this year he can take that that next step. It usually takes tight ends a couple of years to kind of get it, and I hope this year he does. But other than that, no one really stands out. We have eight tight ends currently on our roster. We have almost 10% of our roster dedicated to the tight end position. Ryan Griffin is fine. He's a good role player, but I, if we're relying on him to start every day, every game this season, we're kind of in trouble. But here's the problem. We have eight tight ends on our roster. I think that if one of the quality tight ends, like if Goddard or Hurst, falls into the late second round, maybe we'll be aggressive and go after him. I love Goddard. Goddard is very, very similar to um, to Kelsey out in Kansas City. Granted, it'll probably take him two or three years before, before he would be a quality player. That's just how it is with tight ends. No tight end comes in and excels as a rookie, but you never know. And then Hurst out of South Carolina, he is uh, another South Carolina player, so I know way too much about him. They jokingly call him... The Garnet Thor, he's a redhead, He and he is a he's a monster of a guy. He, he is quite capable as a receiver. He tries as a blocker, which is unusual. He actually came to South Carolina as a receiver. They asked him to bulk up, and he did, and he became a really good tight end. They used him, and they also used him at running back. Like It was very interesting to watch how they used him, and it shows his flexibility. I would have no issue if we were aggressive to go get him, but not too aggressive. I wouldn't want to give up multiple. If we were able to give up two third rounds to move up a couple of spots to grab him or a third and a six to go up and get him, I think that would be acceptable and he'd be worth it. I really cannot believe that he's being projected in the first round, but he is. Again, he's a good player, but I don't know about first round talent. And he's also 25. So in the NFL, that means you pretty much get one contract with him, maybe. I don't know. Then I've seen a lot of hype around Dalton Schultz, the uh, the Sanford tight end. Um, again, every scouting report on him I have is mixed. The articles that you read all say that he is a great, great blocker. But when you actually read the scouting reports, they say that 
he just uses his upper, upper body, so he's a good blocker in college, but he may not be the best blocker in the pros because he's not going to be stronger than everybody. Tight ends are a very, very hard group to scout. They're very... If you watch a tight end in college on tape, they just... They're bigger than everybody else. They are definitely bigger than the defensive lineman that's not going to play in the pros. And they just abuse them. Of course, if they're an NFL-quality tight end, they're going to be one of the biggest players on the field. They're going to be one of the fastest players on the field. So they always look better than their competition. And then when they get to the NFL and they're going up against the guy... Even the worst defensive linemen, they would still be better than the ones they would be lined up against in college. So it's just a real hard position to see how they transition, especially as blocking. And keep in mind that we also call a linebacker that runs a 4-6, we call them average. We don't even call them fast anymore. So when they're matching up against tight ends, they don't see that sort of athlete in, in in college, they just don't. So again, it's very, very hard to scout tight ends. I don't know if we're really going to be too aggressive with it. It won't hurt my feelings. I won't be devastated if we're not, but I hope we do. Next up would be wide receivers. This is a very, very, very poor year for wide receivers in the draft. I There's none that I really love. Um, there's a couple that... We might take a look at the ones that I've kind of heard are both the two that I've I've heard that I've anything about would be uh, Christian Kirk out of Texas A&M. I think it's probably more because he's from the Texas area and he's a slot receiver. And then Pettis, Daniel Pettis, is it Daniel Pettis, the Washington receiver, another slot receiver, possession receiver. Both of the guys are slot receivers. Um, I haven't seen a lot of mocks with them, but when players are brought up as good fits for teams, those are the two that are routinely brought up. Don't really love either one of them. Um, I believe both could come in and and fight for roster spots if if we ended up drafting them. I think that that Kirk out of A and M has a higher higher ceiling because um, he can also come in and do special teams. Um, but I mean. This is kind of why I was all about Des Bryant. I just I'm not in love with any of these late round wide receivers. I, honestly, the only wide receiver this year that I really do like is DJ Moore, and he still wouldn't be better than Hopkins or Fuller. Again, you never know. Um, like like I said earlier, Antonio Brown, or this is common knowledge, Antonio Brown was a six round pick. You don't know how it's going to shake out, but just based on this year so far and what we do know. I'm not in love with any of these receivers. And then finally, I have two more players are both linebackers that I really like. Um, of course, Shaquem Griffin. I've talked about him over and over and over. He is my crush upon crush on the draft this year. If he had two hands, he'd be a first-round pick. He'd probably be a top-ten pick. He is an elite athlete. If you watch tape, he is the best player out on that field. Every game that he plays in, he is just a freak of nature. Then you bring him in, he can play outside, he can play inside. Um, linebacker, he's the fastest linebacker in, I think, 14 years at the Combine. Like, that's amazing. And he can play special teams from day one. I, I, I could just gush and gush and gush about him. 
is a great story on top of that. We see, we need good press. If you're a Texans fan, we really do. We've got some great guys. But, you know, with the other things going on, we could really use we could really use a little bit of good press, and I think that he would be a perfect, perfect player for that. Failing to get Shaquem Griffin, I hope we would go after Dorian O'Daniel, the linebacker out of Clemson. You know, they are our AAA team, of course. I don't have any other players from Christian or from Clemson um, on my list other than him, but he's probably the, from what I've read, he is probably the best special teams player in the draft. He's another kind of undersized linebacker, big safety, hybrid type player. Could sort of do the same sort of things that Griffin did. He's just not quite as big as him, not quite as fast as him. Would be a great special teams asset. He'd be another player similar to like Dylan Cole. So he'd be kind of redundant, but he's also pretty good at rushing a passer. So you'd just be able to mix him into that rotation. Well, I mean, just some general thoughts about the rest of the draft. I am very, very glad that we are not picking a quarterback this year. Um, I think last year and the year before that, and probably the year before that, I spent way too much time looking at quarterbacks. And this year was kind of a relief to, you know, barely not spend any time at all. All I can say is I'm glad we got Watson. If you just peruse, like, just like a couple 10, 15-minute clips, uh, highlight clips, none of the quarterbacks in this year's draft really jump out like Watson did, except for Lamar Jackson. And he's, of the top six quarterbacks, he's projected to be taken last, which is absolutely ludicrous. Um, he should be in in the top, he should be in talks for the top three. Uh, Rosen's probably the safest. Um, he just doesn't have the the best arm. Josh Allen, he has that high, 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 high ceiling. Like he's probably got the highest ceiling of any quarterback coming out in the past five years. However, he doesn't look like he can play football. Like he really doesn't. <laughs> Some of the throws that he makes just really make you scratch your head. I know everybody blames talent around him, but your quarterback should be able to elevate the talent around you. If your receivers can't catch it, then you probably need to do something with how you're throwing the ball so they can throw it to them a little bit better, put them in, make better decisions. So you have op more open throws. This is college. They're always, there's always an open throw there. NFL, there won't be, there'll be much smaller windows. Now, when you have, you can't teach skills, you can't teach his size, you can't teach his arm strength. So maybe, maybe they can turn him into something, but who knows? Sam Darnold, um, he's probably going to be a pretty good quarterback. I don't know if he's going to be any better than, than like mid tier. I don't know if he would ever be a pro quarterback, but I did say the same thing about Watson and I was definitely wrong. And Darnold just, he looks like what you would expect a quarterback to look like. Um, he just looks like a quarterback. Um, nothing, he doesn't really stand out as anything too unusual, except he has a very, very solid arm. He does have moments, though, where his mechanics are almost Blake Bortles ugly. Um, but if he stays on top of that, he, he should be a pretty good quarterback. My favorite two are, of course, Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson. I believe strongly, especially after how wrong I was on Deshaun Watson last year, on quarterbacks that make the rest of the team look better. And I kind of err on the guys that win. Err on the guys that if you watch the game, 
you see the game going through them. And definitely with both of those players, you see the game going through them. Lamar Jackson can make every throw on the on the field. He's not quite as accurate as as Watson, but he's a much better, but he's a, a, an even better runner. Um, he's probably the best running quarterback prospect since Vic. He's a better thrower than Vic. He's just not built as thickly. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, the terms we got to use to describe guys in an NFL draft. Lamar. Lamar Jackson's just thin. Baker Mayfield is just short. Other than that, if you gave Baker Mayfield three more inches, he's going to be the top quarterback. You gave Lamar Jackson 15 more pounds and maybe a slight, another slight alteration, he would be the top three quarterback. He should be. Both of them should be. But, you know, draft time, everybody kind of overanalyzes it. But go watch the tape. Go just watch their highlights. And I would take both Deshaun Watson and even Patrick Mahomes over any of the quarterbacks this year, just based on their tape. Neither one of them are as safe, I think. Like I Rosen's just mechanically sound. He makes all the short throws like he's he looks like he's gonna be a better version of Brian Hoyer. So that would be average to above average NFL starter. Sam Darnold looks like he should be a better version of Blake Bortles. And I say that almost like if you, you hear like a better version of Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles ain't done, hasn't done, hasn't done anything, but it's, he's better size, gets his mechanics cleaned up, better arm, like the sky's the limit for him. And then Allen, of course, he's just a mess, but if the right coach gets a hold of him, he could be something special. Um, and I think that's about it. I will be in Vegas this weekend, which will be pretty cool. So if you've made it this far and you actually listened to me ramble the for, I, I think, about 40 minutes now, and I didn't bore you half to death, send me a tweet. Tell me what I should gamble on. I've never been to Vegas. This will be a first-time trip for me. And then we should probably hear, you should probably hear back from us early next week. We'll probably have a recap either on Monday or Tuesday. We talk about our draft. Talk about our brand-new shiny presents that we'll be so excited to, to, to just praise because we're going to be happy. They're on our team like we said, as soon as they become a Texan, we become a fan of them, and we try to be optimistic on this podcast. Way too much pessimism out there, so we try to get excited about our team. If you want to hear that they suck, there's plenty of podcasts that will tell you that the Texans suck. But that's it for Texans Unfiltered. Again, you can always follow us on a, or on Twitter at a Houston Football Pod. Um, we've got an Instagram, and we've got some new things coming out for our Patreon. Um just things like we'll probably do a fantasy football league for for anybody that donates a certain amount of money in a certain amount of time. Not a lot of money. We don't need a lot. We're not trying to make a living off this. We're just trying to get better equipment so we can do better interviews. But again, that's it. I will talk to you next week, I hope. All right. Good draft. Let's have a good draft. <laughs> When they had our backs up against the wall and said that we couldn't stand the pressure, we still got it done, man. When they said the clock was winding down and it wasn't enough time to get it done, we still got it done, man. Now it's our time to shine, it's our time to keep it 100. So we gonna go out here and show them how true we are, baby.